Access Credit Union has always been at the heart of our community through good and bad times. We want to continue to play our part in helping our community through the COVID-19 crisis. As businesses reopen, we encourage our community to work together by staying local, borrowing locally and spending locally. Access Credit Union is here to help. Close your eyes and pull like a dog. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined on this week's show by freelance sports journalist Joe McCarthy, whose work you'll find in the Southern Star, the Echo, the Irish Examiner and the Big Red Bench on Red FM. Before we kick things off this week, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The more ratings, reviews and subscribers we get, the more we can continue to grow the podcast. Now, on with the show. On today's podcast, we'll be joined by Castlehaven captain Mark Collins following on from their nail-biting penalty shootout win in the Premier Senior Football Championship on Sunday. The Haven were met were set to meet Nemo Rangers in the county final this weekend but because of the new COVID restrictions announced on Monday night and the GA's postponement of all club action for the foreseeable future no date has yet been set for the final we'll also chat to Kilmacabee's Rory Howrahan Kilmacabee were crowned Carberry Junior A football champions for the third time in four years on Sunday with a comfortable 14 point win over Carberry Rangers at Ardfield and man of the match Rory Howrahan spoke to Jur following another divisional success for the club. But Jor, unfortunately, we're going to have to kick things off with the news that GAA club action has once again been halted because of the COVID pandemic. Watching the Castlehaven game on Sunday evening, I was really looking forward to chatting to you today to preview Sunday's county final. But on Sunday evening, news was spreading that another lockdown was imminent. And then on Monday morning, the announcement came from the GAA that all club action was to cease immediately a statement from the GAA said that the decision has been taken in the interest of public safety following a number of incidents that have been brought to our attention in recent days it went on to cite a lack of social distancing as well as post-match celebrations as reasons for the stoppage Jur, what was your initial reaction to the GAA's announcement on Monday morning um, honestly Jack it was one of surprise um, I, I, I mean, like you and like every other sports fan, I figured this was around the corner. Um, and the, but there seemed to have been a real push, not just in men's but in ladies' football as well, and in Camogie in recent weeks, to try and get as many club and provincial games completed as possible. So people knew they were up against the clock. The timing of the the the, the statement makes complete sense uh, in the current situation. The timing caught me a little off guard. I don't know. I presume you saw. Like Black Rock, the Rockies won the Cork Senior Hurling on Sunday and then they had somebody filmed that uh, kind of mini parade that they had and everybody milling around the place. And I, I, I just think there was a kind of a very quick knee-jerk reaction from the GAA following that and that that got so much attention on social media. To be fair to the Rockies, they weren't the only club celebrating. There was matches up in Derry and Balahi. I saw footage of that on Twitter. Far too many people at that game. Far too many people not social distancing. So I think the GAA were probably waiting 
to go as far as they could when they felt it was safe to do so. But they really didn't have much of a choice on Monday. And they, they felt that the right thing to do was to, across the board, um, remove all club activity in the interest of safety. When it comes to the interest of safety, you can't really argue. But it was, I suppose, a lot of people were kind of caught a little bit on the hop because the government and the HSD still hadn't fallen out at that stage, or the NFED had still hadn't fallen out at that stage. So, yeah, the timing was, it caught me by surprise, but not the content. And I fully agree. I mean, right now, I can see it on the ground with kids and everything. It's disappointing, but it is the right thing to do right now where, where we're headed. Yeah, obviously, you mentioned that video that circulated on a Saturday or Sunday evening of the Black Rock Parade that obviously went viral and caused outrage. And clearly, the optics weren't great. But I guess, from our point of view, the disappointing thing for the game we're going to talk about in a few minutes, like the Castlehaven mm. County Final, would still fall under the elite sport. Mm. So officially, it can still go ahead, but the GEA have made their decision. And obviously, there aren't many county finals left to play in the country, but the one that we care about most, the Castlehaven mm. County Final, is off, which is hugely disappointing, especially bearing in mind how good a game they had on Sunday evening. Absolutely, that that's the killer for fans and for for neutrals like ourselves. That um, even in West Cork, we'd have had a huge interest to build up on the Southern Star. Everything would have been would have been class. And the fact that they were the Haven were going up against uh, a nemesis in the ne- in Nemo, who scraped past Duhallo and were pushed to the pin of their collar in that semi final as well. But you're right, that se- that semi final between the Bars and the Haven. I mean, going to penalties as Mark Collins will talk about in our in the Southern Star interview coming up there shortly. Um, rarely I think have I seen such an intense game and I think what added to it really was uh, watching online on, on the examiner's website what added to it were the weather conditions were so bad it kind of was a bit of a leveller and it came down to pure heart it came down to desire it came down to skill obviously with Brian Hurley's phrase we'll talk about but you know winning a penalty shootout an epic penalty shootout the, the euphoria the endorphins that you get from that you're on an unbelievable high you're into a county final they're first in seven years as well for Castlehaven very important for them or, sorry they haven't won a county final in seven years so it was very important they wanted a real crack off of it this year and then the deflation of the announcement that it's not going ahead and worse still Jack not knowing when it's going ahead probably is more is even is an even bigger donor but what can you do the GA have made their decision but yeah of all weeks of all weeks and of all finals two of the best and most consistent teams in senior football in Cork for many years going head going head to head would have been would have been fantastic and unfortunately look it will happen and we'll enjoy it when it does come around but not knowing when it's going to happen is 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 upsetting for everybody especially for the two clubs but also for neutrals it is, and I don't think it's an over, an, an over exaggeration or cheesy to say that like the return of club action has lifted the spirits of the nation. Oh, yeah. Like I know for me personally, just being back playing hurling and having the ability to go and watch the odd game of football here or there just makes your week so much better. So it's hugely disappointing. But let's just park that for the minute because there's nothing that can be said that's going to change the current situation. The game won't go ahead this Sunday. Hopefully it will go ahead at some stage in 2020 um but you mentioned the conditions on sunday night and it was tough it was almost storm-like by the end of the penalty shootout but as you said the great leveler and also it just enhances the skill levels that were on show because they were managing to do it in those conditions and i just want to mention that i was also watching this game via the live stream but i was also following closely on twitter and i have to say i got a great kick out of your reaction to Brian Hurley's <laughs> wonder point late in the game. So maybe for people who actually didn't get a chance to see it, could you maybe describe uh, Brian Hurley's point? Because it was one of the great Gaelic football points, uh, wasn't it? 
I, I think the best reference point I can give it, and um, sorry, I should just apologise again as I apologise on Twitter afterwards because I swore on Twitter, which I rarely do, but it was just such a big The occasion warranted it. Brian Hurley, uh, Castlehaven win a free, uh, sorry, a sideline, a line ball on the right-hand sideline. Uh, Brian Hurley trots over. Um, he's looking to either play it short or he was looking for somebody, but I know Brian Hurley and a lot of people in West Cork, and you've probably seen enough of him now to know as well, Jack. This guy is just oozing class and from the sideline, in the wind, in the rain, at an absolutely vital moment in such a tight semi-final, he elected to kick from the sideline outside of his right boot and curl, not just curl it barely over, but right over the bar. What added to it was the commentary, which went a bit, like Brian Cutbrook was in the commentary booth, uh, Derek Kavanagh, former Nemo Rangers, they were all just shouting and roaring because it, it was just a, a wonderful moment. It's the kind of moment a kid would go out on the pitch and try and replicate over and over again. And the last, the, the easiest reference point I can give it for anyone who remembers Morris Fitzgerald for Kerry against Dublin. Uh, I think it was either in, in Limerick. It was in a neutral venue outside of Dublin anyway. I'll always remember Tommy Carr, the manager, shouting in his ear on the sideline. Fitzgerald just taps it outside of the boot over the bar. Fitzgerald and Hurley should be mentioned in the same breath because they are mavericks. They are rare commodities in a senior inter-county football that is so, you know, it, it, there's a lot of good stars, but there's rare kind of gems like these guys who uh, who can do things off the cuff. Players in ladies football like Darren O'Sullivan or Orla Cronin, uh, or not Orla Cronin, but um, Darren O'Sullivan, sorry, from Morn Abbey, who does these kind of things. Orla Finn for Kinsale as well, who can just do something when you least expect it. Hurley, at that moment, so important to nail it over the bar. Absolutely brilliant moment. Moment of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it was brilliant that it was captured by the live stream so everyone could see it. It's not just one of those mythical moments that happened in a club game <laughs> somewhere up the country. Now, we're going to chat to Castlehaven's captain, Mark Collins, in just a moment. And he was obviously the hero at the end of the game because he kicked the winning penalty in the most unusual circumstances for a county semi-final, a penalty shootout. And obviously, you cover all sports for the Southern Star but one of the sports you cover primarily is soccer so you have a great eye for soccer and I wanted to get your thoughts on the quality of penalties that were taken by both sides because obviously it's not something that they'll be used to I did see uh, mentioned somewhere maybe it was in the interview with Mark coming up uh, that I have listened to already but that Castlehaven had done some penalty shootout practice in the lead up to the game but what, what, what was your own take on the penalty shootout considering it's not something that we've really, we've really seen at this stage of a championship. Yeah, that's a, that, that's, exa- that's a very good point. We've never seen it at this stage of a championship, let alone in a semi-final, let alone amid monsoon conditions. And in the interview, um, I kind of half-jokingly said it, but I, I did actually, I had intended to mention it to Mark in, in the interview because I know who's behind the scenes in that Castlehaven team. I see the preparation. I see the attention to detail that they have. They don't reach a final just by by chance. And he mentioned the fact, I just jokingly said, did you practice penalties? And he said, well, Bernie Collins is one of the main selectors and trainers. We did kind of mess around and Mark being Mark, he was being nice about it. I I have a feeling that actually Bernie Collins would have been half joking, but would have had in the back of his head, maybe we should do this. How many senior football teams practice penalty shootouts? How many junior teams do? How many soccer teams do check it all in West Cork League? But what I was very impressed with was um, the calmness of Mark Collins's finishes. Two, two penalties. He got the deciding one as well, and he went two different directions. But in fairness, um, like for Killian Myers-Murray, who had a fantastic game for the Bears, 
he hit the crossbar with the penultimate one and I felt sorry for him because he played so well and he had dispatched his penalty as well earlier than that. Look, it comes down to a test of nerves. No matter what grade you're at, you know yourself, you've probably been involved in penalty shootouts. It might be an opening round of some innocuous tournament, but it, you know, it's pressure point and it's, it's, you're, it's on you. Basically, you're, it's you versus the goalkeeper. Um, and that's the difference between, I think, Mark Collins and, and kind of other players of that ilk because Mark played superbly, but he's got those nerves and he's got that um, calmness about him in the midst of everything going, going on that he knows how to finish and put it away. Um, very well taken penalties and some very good saves too by both goalkeepers. Anthony Seymour, who Kieran did a very, very good interview with and I'd advise people to go check that out on the Southern Star uh, the previous week, is a, is a very important player in that Castlehaven team now. We spoke about that as well. But yeah, considering the, the occasion, considering the conditions, um, I mean, the last time I saw a penalty shootout that was anyway kind of in those conditions was Chelsea Man United in the Champions League a few years ago. And I thought of John Terry slipping. I was actually thinking this as who's going to slip but all the penalties were of a decent quality. One that hit the crossbar from Myers Murray was unfortunate, but Collins was coolness personified the way he put that one away. Well, let's hear from the man himself now. The Castlehaven captain, Mark Collins, spoke to Jur a little earlier on. OK, delighted to be joined uh, by, Ca- by Cork Intercounty Footballer and Castlehaven captain, Mark Collins, for this week's Southern Star Sports Podcast. Mark, how are you? Very good, Jar. Um, obviously delighted to to get the win on on Sunday evening. Uh, it was crazy circumstances, but uh, we were just delighted to get through and to be looking forward to a county final. Yeah, before we talk about that, and we could do a whole hour on that, but we won't. That 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 one match with the Bears and how you came through it on on penalties. Let's just talk about first of all what we've heard in the last twenty four hours, which is the GAA um, cessation of all um, underage uh, club, junior, senior. Football matches, inter- or not inter-county matches, but championship matches. Now, as difficult as it is to, you know, it's disappointing to get that information in county final week, just after coming off the high of coming through such an epic game with the Bars. Um, it must be incredibly deflating for you and for your teammates now to realise that there's no county final at the end of the week. Yeah, I suppose it's a, it's a very strange situation. Like, you know, 2020 has thrown many crazy situations at us and this is just another one. Like after coming, as you said, coming off a high of winning a semi-final on Sunday night, um, you know, there was, a great buzz, there was a great buzz afterwards and, you know, everything yesterday yesterday morning was about trying to get the bodies right for next Sunday. Um, we had recovery organised and everything was gung-ho for, gung-ho for Sunday. But, um, you know, there was, there was a spanner thrown in the works and, I suppose we just have to deal with that now. Um, God only knows when um, when we're going to end up playing the county final, but you know it's it's just trying to keep it's just trying to keep the the heads right and probably the bodies right and you know be ready when the when the day eventually comes. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, not just for yourselves, but for the backroom team. I mean it's a case of right, everybody just has to keep at a particular level. Um, it's going to be at least three weeks, if not more, anyway, before anything really occurs. Or if anything, if there is any kind of we, we just don't know. And I mean, from the media's point of view, we don't know. But from the player's point of view, and especially from an inter-county player like yourself, not alone do you have to mind yourself in the club, but there's also the build-up now to the whole inter-county season. So that must be, you know, kind of awkward, if, if not difficult for you. You'll be going full pelt with, with Cork, I'd imagine, in training and getting ready for the big games that are coming up. But you also have to keep one eye on when that game is going to be played against Nemo. Yeah, I suppose that, that you you hit the nail on the head there. You know, that's the hard bit. No one knows. No one knows what's going to happen. Like even talking to James McCarthy, our manager, this morning. You know, it's just very hard to plan. Um, we really, really just don't know at the moment. Um, and I suppose we have to wait and see. But 
look by the looks of it I'd say we'll, we'll probably be back in with Cork this week um, um, you know we have two we have um, myself and the two Hurleys with the footballers and the two Callans with the Hurlers so um, we'll probably just have to knuckle down it's going to be hard on the club lads at home you know it's very disappointing looking forward to a county final and then um, probably lo- losing you know five of your panel uh, from training and stuff but you know, it's just a situation. We've had many hard situations this year and it's just another one we have to deal with, I suppose. On the positive side, how refreshing has it been for you and the, the players that you mentioned there just to get time as a, as a squad and as a group? I saw you in the group stages and you were flying. Um, it obviously helped being around, uh, I won't say distractions, but not having any inter-county commitments meant you had a clear run of the club uh, championship. Yeah, it's been absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, even even during the lockdown and everything, it was like um, with Zoom sessions and everything that went on, we we, we did an awful lot with with Castlehaven, and it's been the most we've done in in years, and it's been very enjoyable and refreshing. Um, you know, I suppose a lot of them are your your best friends and stuff, so it's great to be around them all the time. And you know, to be honest, the 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 crack and the enjoyment has been brilliant the last the last couple of months. Uh, you weren't getting sick of each other at any one stage in particular. No, I've asked that of every team I've interviewed, not just Dina. No, no, we haven't fallen out with each other yet, anyway. I don't, I don't doubt that. One of the things actually I wanted to mention to you, let's just go back to a positive. I think it was the Island Rovers game in the group stage. You needed to chase a particular score to get the semi-final by that day, and you got it. But you were well ahead in the second half, and there was one point where a couple of players started balling each other out over a missed pass or a misplaced kick. And I just thought, okay, right there, that's Castlehaven in a nutshell. You're winning well, you're going to win, but you're chasing a target and there's no drop in the standards. You've obviously pushed each other unbelievably this year and it, it, it's obviously worked out well because you're, you're still now in a county final. Yeah, I, I suppose that's a credit to the management too. You know, They came in at the start of the year and they've set the standards um, and we've had, to, we've had to live up to them then. But yeah, it's it, it's been it's been very good all, all, all year to be honest with you. Like and e- even that day against Island Rovers, you know, we we had four or five subs came on and made a big difference, and that's what you're looking for. Um, you know, you're looking for a, a, a panel, and um, as you said, absolutely delighted to be in a county final and really looking forward to it. Right, and you're in that county final by virtue of the fact that you beat St Finbars after a one thirteen to one thirteen draw after extra time. It was live on the Examiner Sport website. I mean, the word epic is thrown around every now and again. The word legendary, all these different cliches are often thrown around, Mark. But from a player's point of view, before we even talk about the penalty shootout, what, it was an incredibly intense game. But also, I don't think the, how bad the conditions were didn't necessarily come across when people were watching it. It, it was unbelievably bad weather conditions that night. Yeah, it was, it was tough conditions, all right. I, I think I had watched the Duhalo and Nemo semi-final earlier on in the day and the wind was it was crazy. And the wind might have died a bit, but I think the rain picked up um, and um, conditions were tough. But as you said, it was, it was, a, it was a crazy game. Like the, the intensity and the physicality of it was, like my body is in bits since, and I know a lot of the lads are the same. You know, there was, like to be fair to the bars, like they're really, really, you know, they're physical, strong, um, team and they really put it up to us um, and you know it could have, could have gone either way like I, I think we were very lucky um, in extra time you know I think we might have only had two or three shots and, and scored the three of them so like we were we were probably very lucky to end up going to penalties even. Um, I don't like to pick out individuals and I know you might you know this is this is where you get, actually have to praise them a bit and there'll be a bit of ribbing but that point on the sideline in the wind and the rain by Brian Hurley at such a critical juncture in such an important game underlines the guy's quality. 
but I'm going to give you the floor now. You're going to have to praise him and tell him how great he is on this, and then you can tell me what you really think. Okay. Uh, to to be fair to him, like we're sure we all, he like he's a special special player. Like you know, both feet strong. Um, well able to score but like it just shows you what he can do you know an ama- amazing amazing score even though I've been telling him since that he, he didn't mean it and he was trying to lob it in <laughs> but <laughs> no, no to be fair to him like that's that just sums Brian up you know end of the match um, pressure everything on him and not, not a bother to him you know like we're just so lucky to have a player of his talent and uh, ability like you are. Um, let's talk about the penalties, and it's something we're not used to talking about at club, at senior club level, because I don't think, I'm pretty sure it hasn't happened in a championship at this juncture. But like the, am I right in saying you did not prepare for penalties, or did you? Yeah, no, no not, not particularly. Right. We were out. It was James we were, back, so I'm wondering, like, you know, he probably had a sense <laughs> of, you know. We, we were out early trading one night last week, or a couple of weeks ago, and Bernie Collins, um, one of the selectors, was just messing with us to, to take a few, and we were laughing at him, thinking, like, this wasn't going to happen ever. Like, you know, you know, there was a pure messing job and just trying to keep the, keep the spirits high. But, you know, it, it was crazy. Like, never in your wildest dreams would you think that a Cork County semi final would go to penalties, and for it to actually happen was, was mad. It was a surreal way to win a match but it was an amazing feeling afterwards but like in saying that it was probably a horrible way to lose for the Bears you know they ended up not losing a match and being knocked out of the championship so it's just a crazy situation Take me through the thought process of somebody walking up to take a penalty that might put their team into a county final Yeah to be, to be perfectly honest with you when the five of us came in you know the five penalty takers had to come in together and we I like as I just spoke to the lads and I just said, look, whatever happens here, lads, this is this situation is nuts. You know, just pick your spot and go for it, and no one will ever hold anything against you. Like what, no matter what happened, it was going to be a mad situation. So, like I probably was lucky that the two times I stood up to take the penalty, the the bars man before me missed, mm. so I was under less pressure. Whereas I think Rory Maguire was taking our fifth penalty. Um, if he missed, we were out. So that was a real pressure one. And like for a fellow who's only starting for his first year to stick it in the top corner, top right corner, like it was, it, it, it took serious nerve and and um, and bottle. So I, th- I thought that was the impressive one. Um, it would be remiss of me not to mention your goalkeeper either, Anthony Seymour, because um, not alone in the penalty shootout, but throughout the game. And certainly in the, I think in this year's championship, he's a player that's emerged as a very important uh, individual, not just as a goalkeeper, but in your game plan, his distribution from kick out short and long. Uh, I'd imagine you were all delighted with his performance as well. Yeah, like we were absolutely uh, chuffed for Anthony after the game on, on Sunday night. Like he's a fella who's had to wait his time, you know. He's been back up to Paddy Hurley, who's been an incredible servant to Castlevin over the years. And, you know, Anthony has waited, waited, waited for his chance. And um, to be fair, like, you know, even the way fellas reacted with him after the match, they knew they were really, you knew that their people were really delighted for him. And like he made, he made two or three incredible saves and one, one even in normal time, which um, probably kept us in the game at the time was just as important. And just finally on that, Mark, can I, I wanted to ask you, like it's been, it's been I think it's 2013, if I'm, unless I'm incorrect, since you last won a county football championship. That's a long stretch for a club of your stature and a club of your quality. Um, is that something you talk about or is it something that you just you don't? You just focus on the next game, the next game, the next game? Or is it something at the back of your mind and a couple of lads like Damien and two of the others who would have been there back at that time and Brian as well? Like, you know as well as better than anyone, these things don't come around, county finals don't come around, and you have to grab your opportunity when it arrives. But is it something that has fueled you this year? You just the determination to get back to a county final and win one? Or is it, is it just a case of game by game? 
Yeah, I suppose it's not something we ever talk about or anything. I remember when I first came on the scene in, you know, 2009 with Castle, 2008, 2009 with Castle Avon, the older lads were talking about, you know, they won a, a county against Clan in 2003 and a lot of them were young, young that time. And they, they thought every year they were going to be in a county final and it wasn't until 2011, again, Castlehaven weren't in a county final. So the, I remember them honing that into us, you know, that these don't come around that easy. And I, I suppose, you know, it's, it's a very competitive championship and to try to get to a final isn't easy. So, like, you have to take your chances when they come. And as you said, like, since 2013 is a long time. So, you know, with, with the, like, when we, won the, when we won in 2013, probably a lot of our, our um, main players would have been still quite young at the time. So, like, you know, it, it, it's probably time that we, that we are back in the final and hopefully, hopefully we can get the job done now. Yeah, look, whenever that is played, we'll be focusing a lot closer on that game and on your opponent. We won't do that today because you've just come through such an epic semi-final, but Nemo and yourself should be an absolute classic. Um, let's talk about Cork and Intercounty because that's coming in on, very quickly onto the horizon. Let's assume it's all going ahead. Let's assume that there won't be any more setbacks. Um, Cork, you know, it's, it's a very, it must be very, very difficult for an Intercounty player in that you know you're going to be playing to pretty much an empty stadium. I know that doesn't count once the ball is thrown in, but that the atmosphere around like the Cork McCurry encounter and things like that, that's going to be missing this year. But might that play into your advantage, into Cork's advantage, in that you know, it's an open, it, it's, it's a free shot. It's, it's not a lot of people outside your camp are giving you, are, are that positive around you, and that's not being smart. I think that's just the reality of it. But is this not an opportunity in such different times for Cork to actually put down a marker and make a statement? Yeah, again, it's a it's a it's a very strange situation. You know, I know the lads um, uh, have been back a couple of weeks and they had small numbers for training the first couple of weeks. But any reports coming out of the camp is that you know training has been super and you know the energy and fellas are mad for road. So that's great to hear. And um, like I I, I suppose um, the league the league as well at the start of the year, like there was a lot of positive signs for Cork. So um, there's a lot of good young players coming and kind of really looking forward to getting back into it now and. Um, just having one right cut off it, absolutely nothing to lose. You know, it's a, as we, we said a number of times, it's been a mad year. So, you know, as I said, absolutely nothing to lose and have a, have a right go off it now when we get back in there. And just in terms of your own fitness, I know you're coming off like that epic game and you're probably still quite tired and the body is probably sore, but no injury concerns heading into it for yourself? No, I've been very lucky, to be honest with you, Ger, um, 100%. So kind of looking forward to getting back into training with them now. Well, Mark, the very best of luck and um, congratulations on reaching a county final that we don't know when it's happening, but it is happening. I suppose that's the most important thing. And when exactly. it does come around, the Southern Star will be there to write about it and talk about it. Until then, thanks very, very much for your time. Thanks, really, Joe. appreciate it. Thank you. Great stuff there from Mark and congratulations to everyone involved with the Castle Haven footballers. Now, before we chat to Rory Howerhan, I just want to pause for a minute to chat to our friends at Access Credit Union. The Star Sport Podcast is, of course, brought to you by Access Credit Union, your trusted local financial partner. Just recently, I went through the process of opening a current account with Access Credit Union, and I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that it's changed my life. I was able to open the account online during lockdown, which made the process completely hassle-free, and it was made even easier by the great support provided by Access Credit Union team leader Amanda O'Sullivan, who joins me now. Amanda, I understand you can now apply for a credit union loan online as well. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, you can. If you thought applying for your current account was easy, um, you'll be delighted when you come to us for your car loan. Um, you can apply online just as long as you're registered for your online banking. 
a couple of clicks and it comes to us here in Access Credit Union. The personal touch still isn't lost. We'll still bring you back and discuss the loan with you. Um, and you can upload any supporting documents you needed, your uh, payslips, bank statements, that sort of thing. Um, we attach them here to your loan, assess the loan, and you can draw it down online. So we aim to do that all within 24 to 48 hours, depending on when you submit your documents. Um, and I suppose it was something that was in the pipeline for a while, but with COVID-19, it sped, sped us up to, to provide the service. Um, and it's really worked out well for us. And you know, for members being able to access their funds and still draw down their loan, it's been, it's been a great asset to us really, and to the community. I suppose, yeah, um, typically, people always have to come into the credit union to draw down their loan and you know for young people who may not be living in the area anymore we were inaccessible then so now we're back back in the market for these these members again um, and hopefully they will they will support us as we are supporting local businesses and you know with every 10 euros spent in the locality it generates 40 euros for the local economy so in turn the interest that you're paying on your loan in your local credit union goes back into your local economy so you know everyone's helping each other with this Great stuff. Thanks very much, Amanda. And don't forget, Access Credit Union is your trusted local financial partner. Access your money 24-7 from anywhere in the world with an Access Credit Union current account. And enjoy all the benefits while keeping your money local. Kilmacabee were crowned Carberry Junior A football champions for the third time in four years with a 118-7 points win over Carberry Rangers at Ardfield on Sunday Having gone 129 years without a title before landing their first in 2017, the Leck Club are almost becoming used to winning at this stage. Sure, this was another huge moment for the Kilmac men. Absolutely. I mean, like you mentioned there, the, the 129 year away. I remember the day they won the first one and that was just an epic outpouring of emotion. But what they've done and what they, ha- or what they haven't done, like other clubs in, in the past in West Cork, Jack, they haven't lived off it. They've built on it, and that's the key thing with this Kilmacabee backroom team and with their with their squad. They're not content with just winning one West Cork. They've won three of the last four, as you mentioned. But their goal, as we will hear in the, in the interview coming up with Rory Huron, is that they they want to go one step further. They want to push on. They want to get out of the county and move up a grade. Um, not an easy thing to do at junior level in Cork because whatever about the, the level of quality of, of football, it is very even when you get to the county. You're meeting a lot of very very good teams who are just as hungry. It was a tale of two halves in that game the last day. I mean, Ross Carberry's second team haven't really been around the Junior A final of, of recent years, so they did quite well to get there. But the conditions, I mean, Kilmacabee kicked 118, um, I think, in the end. Like, they kicked 118 in the end, but there were 12 points to one up at half time. So, they, guess who had to win, basically, is what you'd say there. But even if you've got the elements, you've got to use them. And the one thing with this... With this Kilmacabee team, they've always added something every, each and every year. Like Damien Gore is the kind of the headline guy for people who wouldn't know anything about Kilmacabee because he's on the Cork setup and he's a very, very an exceptionally talented player. But it's that half back line of Horahan, uh, a guy called uh, Clive Sweetnam, who's been there now for many, many years, one of their most important players, and Dunnikin McCarthy bombing up and down the pitch. That half back line of Kilmacabee is a second half forward line. They're that good and they're that fit. They deserve to win the championship this year, but a word for Ross because getting to the final was an achievement in itself, and I'm not belittling them by saying that, but a second team getting to a final, it can be rare when you're playing the first team of other other uh, towns and villages, um, and they'll be back. But unfortunately for for, uh, for Kilmacabee, just as they get, over the, they, they get over the line, they win the tournament, they're stopped in their tracks, and they don't know if there's going to be a county or when that's going to be. That's unfortunate because they were 
building momentum. They had a really tight, tough game against Cora, the other probably top team in the junior grade in, in West Cork the previous week in very bad conditions. And to have gotten that momentum over those two games, I really feel if they played this weekend or even the weekend after, it wouldn't have mattered. They'd have won. They're that good and they're, they're on a roll. Losing that momentum, not knowing when you're playing and who's going to be around is going to be a factor when it comes around. But Rory Horan, Rory Horan is an example of somebody who'd been away for many years, uh, watching from afar, is back living in Galway, but is travelling up and down from Galway and training and playing with Kilmackamy. There's the level of dedication for him to win the man of the match and for him to win his first junior eight West Cork when his dad is so involved and he's been so involved and the family are so involved at Kilmackamy is a lovely story and he was very good with his time uh, in the upcoming interview. Okay, Jared, great stuff. Well, let's throw now to that chat that you had with Rory a little earlier on. Delighted to be joined by West Cork Junior A champion, and I know he's going to enjoy hearing that title. Uh, Rory Horan, congratulations. Thanks, thanks, sir. Thanks, yeah. It was, um, it was a big day, all right, Jeff, for me. I guess the, the lads have had a couple of finals. I think uh, a couple of them were playing in their fifth final, if you include the... Uh, drawing game against uh, Cara so yeah it was a big day yeah for, for me I guess yeah yeah and I should I should probably have uh, preempted that by saying obviously Kilmackaby are the West Cork Junior Football Champions for 2020 once again um, and as you said uh, somebody that's come back into the setup and into the fold only last year and um, this is your first Junior A medal whereas the majority of the squad that defeated Ross Carby this past weekend um, already have a, a number of medals in their back pockets was this something they were reminding you of in the build-up to it, or was it all very? Uh, very uh, it was. It was mentioned once or twice uh, for me not to get too excited. Um, and uh, but like it, it was, it was great actually having the experience of of the lads beside me because um, you know it was it was a big game, but they just approached it as another game. You know, it wasn't uh, blown out of all proportions or anything. You know, we would have been heavy favourites going into it, um, and. Uh, you know, we just, like the lads just said, yeah, to, to keep it cool, keep it calm, not to get too excited and um, just get the job done effectively. So it was great to have their experience, really. Um, but I guess it, it was also kind of good to have someone that hadn't experienced it, um, maybe had something to prove, uh, like myself. Um, you know, I, I, I think that I, I kind of tried a little bit harder, maybe, because it was my first final. Um, and... Uh, you know, I, I guess I tried to channel the excitement that way. Um, so look, it all, it all paid off. And and to hear, yeah, West Cork champion is pretty pretty special, to be honest. Indeed it is. And it's something uh, the Kilmackaby Club have gotten quite used to, as you rightly alluded to, over the past couple of years. But your backstory to this, you, you were working uh, and living in London for many, many years. And whilst you were there and away from all of this, you were keeping in contact, I assume, with the likes of the Southern Star and keeping in contact at home. Not an easy thing when you love football and you see the guys that you grew up with and the team that you're, you know, this is your home team doing so well. Um, you obviously, you're back now. But back then, can you just go back to that time frame? I mean, you know, I don't know what it's like of a Sunday afternoon in London if you're trying to tune into a West Park Junior A match, how you managed to do that. Well, well, I mean, we got to remember that, like, this was pre-COVID, so there would have been no um, live coverage. There would have been no streaming. Um, the best you could have done was... Uh, Twitter and even then you know it would be kind of updated maybe every 10 or 15 minutes so keeping up to date wasn't that easy um, and yeah look I, I think I last played a junior A game in 2010 I think uh, ahead of this season so while it was London for 8 years it was actually 10 years since I, I had played a, a junior A um, 
And you know, yeah, I was keeping tabs on it, obviously. Um, my father's chairman here, so um, he was keeping me updated with the ins and outs of it all. Um, I know I was I was chuffed for the lads because you know it was a long road um, there in kind of the two thousands and mid two thousands when I was playing. We just didn't seem to get a, a good run of it. Um, you know there were some very good teams in it there as well. Um, so you know when this to see the success was was brilliant. Um, but yeah, from a personal level, you definitely think you know I would have been twenty nine thirty. Um, and I was probably thinking that my chance might never come, to be honest. Um, and I remember when they won the first one against Kilbritton, um, being over in London and, yeah, just being so proud of them. Um, but also, yeah, definitely being a small bit jealous and, and maybe thinking that your your chance had, had kind of not come, I guess, or, or you've missed your chance. And my father obviously would have been uh, always hoping secretly that, that I'd come back at some stage, I think. Um, were, there, were, were there messages and secrets of them, little messages like come home? <laughs> yeah. that, no? Like he'd never put pressure on me that way, but yeah. um, uh, you know, I, I think that he enjoyed yesterday for sure. And um, just, I was a bit, I guess, disappointed uh, with my performance against Carr in the semi final. Um, I felt that, look, I had a job to do, um, but I felt that I played a little bit within myself. Um, maybe I was caught a bit cold with my first real taste of, you know, tooth and nail action um, in the junior championship. And I think I was a little bit, um, I don't know, deer in the headlights for the first couple of minutes, maybe I gave away a few balls. So I just really wanted to put that right. I kind of had a chat with myself um, about what my goals were, um, you know, two or three things that you just want to improve on. And, um, you know, that's the mentality that I went out with. And thankfully, you know, it kind of paid off. Yeah, it, it's interesting you, you put that slant on it because um, the match report and anybody that watched it, the task that you're talking about was not an easy one. Marking Brian O'Driscoll, one of the finest players in West Cork, uh, if not the county. Um, and it, was, it wasn't your natural position either. You're naturally a half forward, I understand. And this was more of a centre-back kind of a watching, marking role. I mean, the fact that you're asked, being asked to do that, Rory, means that the management had faith in you that you could do it. And obviously the result came out the right end for you and you got to the final. But I wanted to ask you, just not just about that particular Tyg Macquarie game and that Ross Carby game, but just somebody who's come back into it fresh, uh, it being junior A football in West Cork, your, your thoughts on, first of all, the quality and certainly the intensity of it. Yeah, um, yeah the, the, like you, I, I won the junior three last year, um, so I think that that was a really nice segue back into football. I returned back to Ireland in, in July 2019. So the lads, the Junior A Championship had already been um, been kind of run off. So uh, the Junior C kicked off in um, in September or October last year, and it was a nice kind of segue into it. But definitely our first league game was against Clan um, this year, um, Clan's Junior A's. And yeah, the, the, the pace was, I mean, it was a league game, um, first of the year, and the pace really was pretty high, to be honest. Um so, yeah, it did take a small bit of getting used to, and we only had two league games um, before COVID stopped everything. So, actually, I think that uh, COVID was a bit of a leveler for me, I guess, because everyone then came back in June, July, rusty as hell, you know, so um, just like myself. So, I think that it kind of leveled the playing field a small bit for me. Um, and, you know, we would have been, I would have been running a lot um, 
you know, everyone was doing their 5Ks or whatever, mm. uh, every footballer in the country during those couple of months. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the pace and, and everything was uh, a huge step up. And then you go into championship and uh, we played Bandon in the first round. And, you know, yeah, we, got, we, we, we won that game um, pretty well. But, you know, th- there was never an easy time during that game, you know, and you're, you're always just under pressure. There's always someone pulling at you. Um, and just the pace of it generally. Um, then we put, we played Mary's, we played Clan in the Clan game. Um, I could barely breathe by the end of it, to be honest. Um, so it, it 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 was just brilliant, though. It's it's what we live for. It's what we train for. That intensity. Um, and in fairness, we 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 did have some um, friendlies against intermediate teams um, in the build up to um, the Rona games there uh, before St Mary's. So that definitely you know, got me up to speed pretty quickly. Um, we played some great teams. So, um, I, I, and, and, you know, the management team as well. Like at training, you see, um, there, there's such competition for places. There's um, a fierce drive, fierce determination to win in the, in the camp, um, stemming from the coaches. So every training is like a championship game almost. So um, I guess that, that helps a lot as well. Um, but definitely the, the standard is, is so high and it's just, uh, amazing to be part of it and to come out the other side as, as winners is is phenomenal really to be honest yeah and, and like you mentioned something there it's it's one of the characteristics of this Kilmackie team not just this year but over the past number of years when they have been successful there's a real bond you can see that the day you won that first junior A one in Connecticut incidentally the outpouring of emotion immediately after the game it's rare that you'd see that much of it at a, at a junior A game you would see celebration and excitement but it meant so much to Kilmacabe, not just the players, but the bond between the players and the local community for somebody who's come back into it and somebody, we'll talk about it shortly, who's commuting up and down from Galway. That's your dedication levels. But the bond between what it means to the players and what it means to just a very small rural area by, by, by country Ireland standards, you were obviously reintroduced to that. It's not something you can taste or understand when you're over in London or up in Galway. But when you're there in left, when you're there on that pitch, when you're there training, when you're walking through the village, whatever, do you sense it? And when you do sense it, how much of a surprise was it to you? Uh, I think th- there was a moment there where um, we, we beat Cora on, uh, on Tuesday night. And I was driving through the village then on Wednesday or Thursday. And to see all the flags and everything, it, it really just kind of, it, it wasn't something that I was expecting. Um, and it was obviously my first time seeing it and being around because I actually didn't make the, the other two finals that we'd won. So, um, yeah, to, to see that, it was kind of a, a kind of catch yourself moment, you know, that how much this means to everyone. Um, and then when you're playing on the sideline, you see all the fans and um, that, have, you know, like just given so much to the club and to, to play for them and to give it, you know, win it for them is 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 amazing. Like, but... Yeah, there's there's a huge bond between us all, really, and I think that it was the years of struggling to make it, uh, the years of you know being knocked out in the first, second round. Um, you know, the success is fine, and like you said, it was um, our third title in four years or whatever it was. But that wasn't the case previously. You know, I mean that you know it was it was an awful long time coming, and I think that sometimes you know the struggles like that bonds everyone and brings everyone together. I guess. Um, and then we're able to share then in the in the excitement of of the win then I guess, um, but yeah it was it was crazy like the the, the support um, all the people that have been texting me since the game as well 
Um, there's just, yeah, like a great bond around the, the village. And I think that, you know, the whole COVID thing, I think we might touch on it later, but um, I was disappointed when the decision was made to uh, put games behind closed doors because it's, it's these rural communities that will end up losing out, you know. Um, and for many people, the the weekly league game or championship game is their their kind of social outing. Um, so, you know, to, to ha- and, and fair play to the West Cork board um, to allow, you know, to get all the fans there yesterday safely and, and to allow numbers in. But, um, you know, it was just great and to, to see all the fans there and uh, the whole village was just around us the last couple of days so it, was, it, it, it definitely was a kind of catch me moment definitely I, I, The other thing about Kilmacabee because I know a good few people living there and from there uh, it's one of the best places to go for a celebration I'd imagine <laughs> you concur with that would you? Uh, well we were very very good now I must say last night Jordan. Really? There, there was nothing like what was going on up in, up in Blackrock now um, but uh no, we, we, we came back, we you know, we, we celebrated for sure. We we had our own cordon off area in, in the pub, so it was all very uh very above board. Um but like look, I mean we were kind of heavy favours coming into it and stuff and it is uh, for some of the lads their third. So it was a big night, um and great celebrations, but you know, uh, we know that our job really is is only half done um, with the West Cork, and our target is always and always has been since the beginning of the year. Twofold: one was to to regain um, the West Cork Championship, and then to kick on into the into the county where I guess we kind of haven't fulfilled our promise. I guess so far. Yeah, and, and there's the high bar that you set yourselves in Kilmacken. It's one of the reasons I think you keep coming back to win the West Cork. It's not that you take it for granted; you take it very very seriously. But that the bar is, we've got to do this first. And then we've got to go on and do what we've always wanted to do, which is go beyond the junior grade and move up, move up the ladder. You've been close over the past couple of years, but unfortunately, and it brings us to the COVID question, we're recording this on the day now that the government have announced, uh, or the GA have announced today, that there will be no more club action until further notice, basically. Uh, later tonight, we'll find out just exactly what level the country is going to over the next, and who knows what happens over the next couple of weeks. So yeah. from your point of view, as a player in the Kilmacabee team, you don't know when you're playing again now. So what do you do now? Or what is the plan now? Because it could be the new year, it could be just before Christmas, or it could be even later. But you are champions. There still is a monster to, to, to contend and to, and to try and move, or not a monster, but a Cork County to move up that grade to get into the next grade. Do you, is there a plan at the moment or are you just playing it playing it for a year? Well, uh, from a personal level, um, I, I kind of got a knock yesterday, so I probably would have been out for you know, a week or 10 days anyway. So it kind of works out for me that I, I have a, a week or two off. Um, but there hasn't really been any discussions yet, um, you know, amongst the team or whatever. We're, we're going to wait for the uh, what they say later on and what that means, etc. Um, I guess, look, without, um, without games, yes, that's a bit of a bummer, obviously, but we can still train, um, as far as I'm aware, in positive 15 or whatever it is. So, I mean, we're not going to let our guard down because... I think that um, the GA, as quickly as they uh, closed off all GAD, they could reopen it at any stage as well over the next couple of weeks. And, you know, there'll probably be a big rush then to uh, play off the county. You probably would be playing the three or four games within a, a time span of a month, obviously. So um, I, you just got to keep fit. You got to keep training, um, keep doing your runs and um, be ready for at the drop of a hat effectively you could be playing at any stage so um, 
it is it is a bit um, unnerving, I guess. You know, throughout the whole championship, we were we were you know battling against our opposition, but we were also battling against COVID and uh, whether or not the games would be going ahead and stuff. And mentally, that just does take its toll. So it's been a tough championship from that perspective. So definitely, you know, to get the week or two off, um, I was you know is is actually kind of a blessing in disguise, I guess, um, just to rest the bodies and stuff. But like I said, we're going to keep on training. We're going to keep on doing our runs, keep going to the gym, keep keep fit um, to be ready to play whenever whenever we need to. I think as well the, um, the we're playing the winners of um, uh, Charleville uh, Charleville and I don't think that game has been played yet. So um, whenever it does restart, we will um, I guess have a little bit of a lead time into it, maybe uh, a week or two to let that game play off. So that might play to our advantage as well. Um, and just finally, I was just going to ask you because somebody who's travelling up and down from Galway for the sake of his, his hometown team, which is commendable in itself, what is the dressing room dynamic like? And I ask that tongue in cheek because I know there's a few characters in there and that you might want to mention or not mention. Some people that are very vocal uh, a lot of the time until you put a microphone in front of them, all of a sudden things are different. And that's been my experience, and I mean that in the nicest possible sense. But it's I've, it's always struck me as well, whatever about Kilmacabee's skill levels, and they're, they're quite high, and they're obviously a very, very solid squad, not just reliant on one or two players. It's always six or seven guys that stand up, and there's different guys that stand up. But inside in the dressing room, and at training, for instance, you've come back in. Um, have you gotten any grief uh, that you've got your first medal? Um, what are the dynamics like? Are there talkers, and are there people who like to put you in your place in the nice possible sense? Because I get from Kilmacabee that without that bond, that without that camaraderie, without that, you know, taking things seriously when you have to, but not too seriously when they don't need to, has helped enormously over the last couple of years, and especially this year. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you say about uh, the dressing room dynamic. Obviously, there hasn't been any dressing rooms open for the last couple of months. So I guess it, it has made it a little bit more difficult to get a real kind of bond and, um, you know, bring everyone together. But um, no, I mean, like, Everyone is just there for with the with the same goal. Um, I mean, it, it is it is brilliant to to come back and just be welcomed back. Like, uh, look, I do get a lot of grief. Um, I wear a lot of rugby gear to to training just because that's the only gear I have because time in London. But um, so I'd be ripped a bit about that. Um, but like you know, wh- since I've come back, I've been made feel like you're one of the team. Like you're almost never away. I'm sure some of the lads were barely even playing football when I left. Um, so, you know, there, there's, and there's a great kind of age range there as well, great experience, um, along with the youth then of, of the, the Gores, the, the Richies, the people like that. So, Ian Jennings, um, et cetera. So, like, for me, just being able to, to come back down and almost be treated as if you were never away um, shows the, the strength of the characters and, and how great a, a club this is and how great the people involved with it is. You know, so uh, and then like you know, you have then the the COVID officers, the people running the stuff behind the scenes. You know, we were talking about the community earlier. I mean, like that's not an easy job to be chasing lads for names and sanitizing hands and sanitizing balls, etc. And you know, all the lads have just done that with, uh, you know, with no complaints whatsoever. And it was it was the we had a bit of a COVID scare. Um, there was talks about putting off the car again, um, but. You know, because our COVID officers have tracked everything, etc., we were able to to play that game and 
then play the final on Sunday, which, you know, if the final wasn't played on Sunday, then um, who knows when it would have been played. But, like, for, for me, coming up and down, um, it was almost as if I was never away, really. Um, so, you know, the, the, the lads were great, to be honest. Um, and like you said, you touched on it there, just um, it's 1 to 17, 18. Um, there are no kind of, we're not an individual team. Um, and, like, I didn't play my best game against Cora, but then people like Colin McCarthy then just stood up and and um, and effectively kind of won the game for us with his, with his freeze. So... It's it's just a great group of lads. Uh, the talent there is unbelievable, um, and it's just a pleasure to be part of. Really, to be honest. Well, Rory, we're delighted for you. We're delighted that you're back and part of it to enjoy not just the junior A but junior C the year before as well. Um, it's been a terrific year for come back to be just in time. I think is the headline because, as you said, it'd be gone another week. Uh, you may not have had an opportunity to taste that success, but if anyone deserves it for the effort that he's put in and coming back into the fold and making such an impact, it is you. Thank you so much for your time uh, here on the Southern Star Podcast, and we hope to talk to you again real soon. Thanks a million, Joe. Access Credit Union has always been at the heart of our community through good and bad times. We want to continue to play our part in helping our community through the COVID-19 crisis. As businesses reopen, we encourage our community to work together by staying local, borrowing locally, and spending locally. Access Credit Union is here to help. Now, before we wrap things up this week, we're going to chat soccer. And since we have the host of the West Cork League podcast on, we're going to chat West Cork League. Jor, what's the outlook for the West Cork League junior and schoolboy clubs following the latest government restrictions? Uh, it ain't good, Jack, I suppose is the easiest thing to say. Thankfully, we have a bumper uh, soccer edition in this week's Southern Star coming out on Thursday. Uh, the first round, of, the first weekend of the new season, only a couple of, less than a month after the old season finished in West Cork, uh, occurred last weekend. And uh, thankfully, near all bar two of the games were completed. On the schoolboys front, um, we were coming towards the end of a reduced season because they were trying to get everything finished before the end of the year to start again the following March. So on Monday, very late Monday night, the West Coast Schoolboys League issued a statement via uh, from the FAI stating that, look, for the next three weeks, everything is ces- cessation of all scheduled and friendly fixtures. So you can't just go out and organise a friendly at schoolboys level midweek or anything like that, which coaches might like to do to keep the kids active. But unfortunately, that's not that's not allowed to happen. And then just on Wednesday evening, sorry, on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, um, uh, through the West Cork League's uh, John Buckley, uh, it was announced also, which we were expecting. It followed on from the FAI directive that um, all um, junior soccer in West Cork and probably throughout the country, to be quite honest with you, in the coming days, uh, would have to stop for the next three weeks while we're in the Level 3 lockdown. So, hugely disappointing. Having just restarted, having just got going again, as I know yourself with Baltimore, everybody was just looking forward to getting going. The GA season was nearly over, so I'd imagine most teams were pretty strong at the start of the season, which is rarity, which made it even better. But can we just spare a quick thought for a newly reformed club, Barry United, down in Castletown Bear. They haven't played actively since, I think, around 1997. They were due to play their first championship game last weekend, but the addition of a new team out to be meant a rejigging, and it's not out to be fault, a rejigging of the fixtures, so they didn't play last weekend, and now they're not going to play this week or for another month. They're chomping at the bit, because I've been speaking to them, to get back out in that pitch. But look, there's good news stories. There's an increased championship a number of clubs. Cork McSherry are a team with a long and storied history in West Cork. They're back. Ulta, another club on the up. They've got two teams now. 
and at the top tier in the Premier, uh, I was lucky enough to enjoy a cracking game between Clannacilty Soccer Club and Spartak Moscow, newly promoted, finished 2-2 match report in this week's Southern Star. Um, and a lot of good football, a lot of goals, just like the Premier League crossing in, in England as well, a lot of goals flying in. Um, so unfortunately, just as we got going again, uh, we have to stop. I know, hugely disappointing. Like, just speaking from a player's perspective, we were back, the WhatsApp group was flying. We had a friendly against Skibbereen two weeks ago, it finished 2-2, but there was a great buzz in the club. There was new signings, everyone was mad for it. We were going, to, yeah, mm. we're getting promoted this year, definitely. So there was a, <laughs> and uh, we were unfortunately one of the clubs who didn't get to play last weekend for uh, the same reasons oh, so, oh, yeah, that you've outlined. So uh, disappointing start to the season for everyone, but hopefully in three weeks' time, we'll all be smiling and we'll be back out on the field. And Joe just mentioned something there that there is going to be a bit of a soccer special in this week's Southern Star and that will be in shops on Thursday and if you can't make it to the shops don't forget you can get the Southern Star online just click on to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and you can read the Southern Star for less than two euro per week and now briefly Jer before we wrap up Ireland take on Slovakia in Bratislava on Thursday in a playoff semi-final for the delayed European Championships, which are due to take place next summer. Uh, I wouldn't be booking my flights just yet. Uh, Conor Howrahan was an unused sub in Aston Villa's 7-2 win over Liverpool on Sunday. But would you expect the Bandaman to start on Thursday evening? He's made a good start to the season, played in two of Villa's opening three wins, including scoring and assisting on the opening day against Fulham. So are we likely to see him lining out? I would certainly hope so, Jack. Um, and I think he's—I think Stephen Kenny's a fan. I think that was pretty obvious from the from day one. Um, there's an injury to Harry Arthur. There's a couple of question marks over some of the midfielders. So I think of of what's available to Kenny and who's flown out. I think Horan is probably—I would say—he's a lock to start because you just don't know. Maybe Kenny will change the formation and look to go counter attacking. But for his experience and for his dead ball ability, I think that that's the key thing here. Set pieces where we're probably is our best chance of a goal in most internationals, unfortunately, right now. Um, I think Horan should play. Um, he'll also want to impress uh, his uh, Aston Villa manager and management team with the arrival of uh, Barkley from from Everton um, or uh, last week, who, who played against Liverpool. So there's a bit of maybe a little bit of pressure on him, and I think that's a good thing for Ireland because usually when he's under a little bit of pressure, Conor Horan tends to deliver. And I think of considering the type of opposition that we're playing, and because it's a semi final, it's an opportunity to reach the final and possibly another route. To the, to the European Championships, I think Ireland need to put out their strongest team here. And I think Kenny, considering we're away from home, considering we probably have to keep things tight for as long as we can in the first half, and set pieces, free kicks, corners are going to be where we will threaten with the likes of Duffy pushing up from the back and probably John Egan as well if he's fit and available. No better man in the Premier League right now to deliver a free kick or a corner than Conor Horan. And that's not belittling his skills, but I think just from set pieces, and we've seen it already, as you said, he's he's had a decent start to the Premier League season, which has been been a bit disjointed for Villa, but is, is picking up now. Um, I, I think definitely, yeah, I'd, I'd certainly pick him and start him. Uh, and I think Kenny will, because I think Kenny is, is, is a fan of his. Yeah, I think the key point you make there is the set pieces, and I don't think it's belittling him at all. It's Ireland's best chance to score, and it has been for two or three or even four years. Maybe in 12, 18 months, when Stephen Kenny's had his chance to put his stamp on the team we won't be so reliant on set pieces but while we are Howerton is the best man for the job especially with Robbie Brady not really playing so far this season so yeah hopefully Howerton will start hopefully Ireland will march on to the playoff final and hopefully we'll all be booking flights all around <laughs> Europe next year and all the pandemic will be forgotten and all of this will be history but anyway that's, that's, <laughs> that's all we have time for this week Ger thanks a million for doing this with us in Kieran's absence 
And thanks to everyone else for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. If you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Stonga Fold.